are here live again, and the gnats are back. I think they were waiting for us. I think they're of the devil, trying to shut this shit down. I'm just going to try to be Buddhist about it and pretend like they're not there. You think it'll work? You think we can make it through an hour without getting annoyed by the gnats? Well, I think truly being Buddhist would be noticing the gnats and, and being okay with them. Noticing them for what they are. Don't label them. Watch them fly around. <laughs> Don't think about the word annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a, it's only a construct, right? Yes, but we'll power through. No need to fret. This is, uh, what are we at? Veinte nueve? Twenty-nine? Twenty-nine. Means twenty-nine in Espanol. As I think. Episode twenty-nine. It's a good time, uh, good time to do episode twenty-nine on a lovely Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Early afternoon. Yeah. No work. Yeah. No work. I worked today. I worked in the morning, but that's it. It was easy. Easy peasy. And now we have our, uh, we got vodka and LeCroy. No sugar added. That's why I like the LaCroix. A little bit of ice would have been nice, but... Yeah, I forgot the ice. I'm sorry. Will you forgive oh, me? Oh, that was on me, too. So it's um tepid vodka and LaCroix. <laughs> the LaCroix was in the fridge a while ago when I bought it, but alas, it's not cold. It, it helped, for sure. It tastes nice. It's lovely. So that's what we're doing. It's a lovely fall afternoon middle of November. Feels like probably how summer feels some places. <laughs> yeah, it's creepily warm. <laughs> it's creepily a word. You have the best words. You and Trump have the best yeah. words. The greatest words. That's that's the only, you know, area where Trump and I are like this. You guys are tight. You have the best words. The best words. Linguistically you're on point, man. I swear to God. Yeah, so um, I thought today it would be nice to talk about. Well, I have I have um, an announcement. We have a. Um, I haven't told you this yet. We have a live show of the Heretic Happy Hour on January fourth, and I'm going to be per- performing some some rap, yo. Okay, yeah. that is going to happen. Nice. Pretty nervous, to be honest with you. But I'm pretty psyched. I, I, I'm pretty psyched about it. I just wonder what the energy is going to be like. I think uh, if people are just sitting down, like ugh. I'm going to make people stand up and get close. I hate, I hate playing shows where people are just sitting down or like way back or not into it. It's just, it's, it's like anything when you perform in the, I wouldn't say half the performance is based on the energy of the crowd, but a good percentage of the energy Mm -hmm. and how well you do is on the, I mean, how well you do is based on the energy of the crowd. Mm -hmm. If they're just dead, you're just like, fuck, try to maintain the energy, but well, it's like, who influences who first? Like, yeah. Do you influence the crowd, and then that feeds back to you, or is it the other way around? I mean, it's probably both. Both. Both and yeah. If people are excited to be there, that'll pump you up. If they're not excited, well, at the end of the day, man, you got to get them fired up in some way, and then, then, then you'll get them, and they'll be they'll be in your corner, probably just like a comedian. You can win over a crowd, or you can lose a crowd, or they can start out on fire. You can feed off that, and it can just be great. <clears throat> but sometimes I think you got to work it a little bit. And I don't know how good I am at working a crowd. I'll have to figure it out. I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, first time, right? Yeah. yeah. First time. I'm going to pop my hip-hop, ver- hip-hop hymen. Is it at the normal venue? Yeah, Sidecar Donuts in Costa Mesa, California. <laughs> A bug just flew in my mouth. <laughs> it's not annoying. It just is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah. That's interesting. So I'm hoping, you know, normally we get like, the lowest we've had I think is like 25. The highest we've had is like 50. But there's 50 people there and they're all fired up about being there. And I'm like, hey, get your fucking asses up here and stand close to me real quick so I can, let's have fun for a minute and then we'll talk mm. on the podcast. <laughs> but we're going to bang it out real, real quick. Like, girls, shake your asses. <laughs> Just kidding. I might say that. No, I won't. I don't have the guts. Even as a joke. But maybe I will. We'll see. I dare you to do that. Double dog dare me? Triple I'll dog? Give, I'll give you a 20 if you do that. You'll give me a 20? Uh-huh. Oh. If I say, all right, girls, time to shake your asses. Uh-huh. All right. I think we'll video it, so I'll have proof. <laughs> now, you'll just have to You'll just have to get the, uh, uh, you know, nice $20 bottle of 
something for or yeah anything of equal value of equal value there you go there you go so now would be a time a good time to tell people that you need to support us on patreon patreon.com slash the bonfire sessions so that you can support michael and paying me in january when i tell girls to shake their asses yep that'd be appreciated yes so uh today we are going to talk about why people get so fucking pissed about universalism. And I think it's a good time to do that because Bentley Hart, David Bentley Hart had his book come out on universalism that all shall be saved, I think, which we still need to read with your dad. We're going to need the philosopher's sage advice to make it through the density that is David Bentley Hart Uh, and the brilliance, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad being a universalist. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Keith Giles, good colleague on the uh, the other choir podcast, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keith Giles had, Giles had his book on universalism that came out, which obviously is going to be a less rigorous defense of universalism than David Bentley Hart's. More for, you know, like Keith, you, me, we've read some scholarly stuff. And it's like, okay, now we got to distill it down to the, the common person. So I think that was, you know, that's Keith's charge in life. He likes to do that. He likes mm-hmm. to talk to the common Christian. Um, not, not, I don't mean common as a slight. I just mean, <laughs> I just mean someone who's not going to read fucking the scholars. ones that aren't so bright. And then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, dumb it down for the idiots. <laughs> just fucking around. Have people who don't read as much, you know, who aren't going to read Doug Campbell, David Bentley Hart, J. Louis Martin, all the people that I love reading in the scholarly world. Um, what's it called? It's the Jesus Unseries. It's the fourth one. It's Jesus Undefeated, I think, condemning the false gospel, the false doctrine of eternal torment, something like that. <laughs> so it's on universalism, and Keith has been getting a lot of pushback, even from friends. Man. And he was posting this on Facebook, and we talked about it on our latest webinar. He's been getting a lot of fucking hate from people. Not Rob Bell status, but. <laughs> But even friends, like people you know, stop being friends with them. Yes, like even personal friends, like messaging them. I can't, I can't follow you anymore. I can't, uh, I can't support you on Facebook. I can't follow you on Facebook. Yeah, you're a false teacher. You're a heretic. Blah blah blah. My my first question is: Have you ever read Keith? Like, it's not. Have you ever listened to Keith? Have you ever listened no. to the podcast? <laughs> I, obviously not. I mean, it's not news to me that Keith's in the universalist camp. No, but I guess getting something published that has has a little bit more weight, like that's, you could call that more of an accomplishment maybe than just a podcast. Maybe, yeah. Like, so, you know, because of that, he might have more influence, which could be bad, you know, dragging people to hell with him. Yeah, and I think maybe the subtitle's pretty telling. Um, you know, you're condemning the false doctrine of eternal torment. And it's like, eternal torment is... A mainstay within modern evangelical Protestant theology, and they're a little bit um, what's the word I'm looking for? Tolerance of annihilationism, but mm-hmm. doesn't take long. I don't think I, re- I read I read a, a proof copy of Keith's book, and I read it fast because I wanted to make sure that I gave an endorsement and all that. But yeah, it doesn't take long to realize where Keith, that Keith is in the universalist camp, and that's that's where you know. Even though he is more sympathetic toward annihilationism than eternal torment, I, he still falls in the universalist camp. And you'd pick mm-hmm. that up on the Heretic Happy Hour, but you have to listen to it a lot. I think you know we don't stick on one topic. Each episode's one different topic. And I know we've done an episode on universalism, or at least hell. Uh, I mean, one, with David Bentley Hart, that one. That one. I don't know if it was. Oh, fuck, I can never remember what the topics are. I, we try to correlate the guests with the topic and David Bentley Hart obviously is universalist. Um, and I know our first live show was on hell. Yes or no. And it was obvious if you listen to that, that myself and Jamal and Keith are all universalists of sorts. Kind of like you and I are, we might quibble on some things. We might I don't not. Know what though, honestly, but I don't, I don't know what either. And I, and I, and when I say quibble, I, I mean sometimes that see a lot of times when you talk about universalism, um, it's kind of a broad brush term for a lot of different things. Some of it is pluralistic. Some of it says that, you know, 
any route, any spiritual path, no matter what your faith tradition gets you to enlightenment, God, heaven, mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm probably more pluralistic <laughs> than I used to be. But I think Keith's still in the very Christian universalist camp, patristic universalism, Gregory of Nyssa, maybe even Origen, although he might he might not agree on some of Origen's other beliefs. But ultimately, that all will be saved. But uh, specifically through the work of Jesus on the cross? Through the work of, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's where he and uh, I'm getting, even David Billing Hart and Brad Jersak would be and I wouldn't say I'm not there. I would, but I would say, is is the cross and Jesus the only way to, quote unquote, be saved? I would be very hesitant to say that at this point. Maybe when I wrote All Set Free, I would still be a, a Christian or patristic universalist in that way, openly saying I affirm the Nicene Creed. Let's say. Like Gregory of Nyssa, who was a universalist and was an editor, a final editor of the Nicene Creed, if not the final editor. So, Christians who don't affirm universalism, but who affirm the Nicene Creed, you can put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> the dude who was a final editor was a universalist, and everyone knew he was, and they were cool with it. So, get over yourself. Um, but I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm there anymore. I don't know if I can affirm the Nicene Creed, and I don't know if I can't. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far anymore. I, 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 I feel like I'd be a little bit too arrogant to tell the Buddhist, the enlightened Buddhist that he's not saved or that he's only saved because of Jesus. Yeah. I don't, I don't ultimately have a problem with it, with, uh, you know, coming down to Jesus. I just, I'm always going to have to create, you know, room for people in these islands, island communities that never had a chance to hear mm. about the story of Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. But if that, you know, but if, if Jesus's work on the cross, you know, transcends space and time and somehow, you know, affected it in that way, I, I, I obviously have no problem with that. If, yeah, if dying on a cross has some sort of magic ability like that. Yeah, I guess that's where I'd be ag- agnostic. I have my yeah. thoughts, but I don't hold, I don't grasp them any longer. Sure. And and I'm cool with being wrong a little bit on that. Agnostic, that's a good word. Yeah, I feel like agnostic has, sometimes it has like a negative connotation because it's just like, oh, I don't know and I can't know, blah, blah, blah. Like it's kind of like seems like a lazy, <laughs> and I don't think that, but I'm sure some people do. I just mean agnostic in the fact that, A, ultimately I don't care how it works, I don't, I don't. Same. And, and I, and I know enough to know not to place my trust in my belief about something on the certitude of my belief. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. where I mean agnostic. Like ultimately my trust is in love, God, Christ, even the Buddha, the Brahma. Well, I mean, whatever it, whatever it is that ties us to the, the, the divine, which is love which is mercy, which is grace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do I have to have the right language? No, because look at what God is. God is love. God is grace. God is mercy. God knows, like, if I get a little bit wrong, like... <laughs> no, you just have to have an attitude of faith and trust. And even if you don't have that, you're still going to make it, so... <laughs> yeah. But better, better to have that now. Why not? I mean, you might as well have it. Yeah. Enjoy life a little bit. Yeah, I'll drink to that. Cheers. Cheers. I will drink to that truth. But, um, yeah, it's amazing that uh, that so many people are so, so angry when you talk about these things. When you talk about, when you even when you dare to hope that all will be saved, even if you don't fall in that camp. Like, I know some people who, like, it's like they have their toe in the annihilation camp and they have their toe in the universalist camp. And they're like, well, I, I think some people might be annihilated. But I hope that all people are reconciled. I'm like, okay, I can respect that. Because you're a little agnostic on that. You're not grasping on your beliefs. You're not attaching to them necessarily. At least you're not hoping that some people will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and e- but even they get a lot of shit for hope, for daring to hope. For daring to hope that all would be saved. Even if they don't affirm it, they, they hope 
They hope they're wrong. I've heard Annihilation to say that. I've even heard some um, Eternal Torment folks say that. I think that's kind of where Jerry Walls was. Like, yeah, I kind of hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but I kind of hope I am. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I, I can respect that a little, you know, more than I can respect yeah. the people who are coming at Universalists with such vitriol as if... No, it says a little bit. It doesn't say a whole lot, but it's, yeah, it's better than nothing. It is certainly better than nothing. I don't understand why people get so mad. I mean, I understand I, it kind of, but... Well, I think it's because you're taking away people's life life work in a way. Yeah, that's true. Um, all the all the people that they've been trying to save. Yeah. Um, Anyone who takes the Billy Graham approach, like the altar call stuff, and you need to come up yeah. and give your heart to Jesus, and uh-huh. you're going to go burn in hell. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard that. I've heard that said explicitly that this message you're teaching is taking away what I've spent my whole life doing. That's immediately what comes to my mind. Sorry, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think we're taking away everything. Like even if, even if you didn't save anybody from, uh, eternal conscious torment, I mean, you're saving them from, um, suffering or anxiety, you know, on this earth in this life. I mean, depending on what, version of jesus you you taught them sure um, yeah i think i think people's life can be impacted positively even if you have bad the- theology mm-hmm. i don't think it's the, it might not be the average and it might not be um maybe more harm is done than good but i i i can definitely leave room for the fact that even if you have a bad theology what i would call a bad theology you can still impact people positively. Maybe it's less likely, but it's possible. Yeah, or just not as much across the board. Like, well, okay, so at least there is a God, and he seems to be somewhat good. So, you know, it's better than a shitty God. Or, certainly is better than a shitty God. Or a really shitty God, however, yeah. <laughs> however you would rate that. Well, I would rate it if your God is Calvinistic, it's very shitty. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with, like, Keith and I were talking about it on the webinar. Keith kind of sometimes cringes when David Bentley Hart critiques Calvinism. And I'm like, I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. God, I just, I kind of get an intellectual wood when I hear David Bar- Bentley Hart skewer Calvinism to the point where I'm just like, damn. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I can get away saying this shit. And certainly not as, as intellectual as, as David would, but holy fuck, I just love it. Because <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, man. Sometimes you have to change your, your underwear. <laughs> yeah, a little. I, I have to change my underwear a little bit. Because I get a little excited when I, when I read his critique of Calvinism. Because I'm just like, it does seem, on, on the one hand, it does seem easy to critique. Calvinism does. I mean, because some of it's so absurd. It depends on what Calvinist you're talking to. But the way David Bentley Hart does it is just like, damn, give this guy 10 mics so he can drop them all. Because <laughs> y'all just got your hands. You got roasted. You just got fucking roasted, man. And yeah, you could say some shit, but I just like, dude, you're not, you're not talking over this dude. <laughs> A lot of Calvinists like no. to be really like intellectual. They like to exegetical and apolog- apologistic or whatever. I would guess that a lot of them didn't don't realize just how how much they've gotten burned. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <clears throat> like so much so that he he was like, oh, this dude's talking over you, and you can't even see mm-hmm. it. <laughs> that's yeah. part of the, that's part of what makes me laugh. Like I read some stuff that he writes, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm the only one in the room laughing. It depends, you know, on who you're hanging out with. But <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> This guy just roasted your ass and you don't even realize it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you really can't have any comeback. Like every comeback is a futile, feeble attempt <laughs> to save face. You're embarrassed as fuck. Yeah, uh, yeah, but... Your mom's a whore. <laughs> your mom's a whore. Uh, okay. Uh, good one. <laughs> nice comeback. It means you got nothing. I think it takes some, some thick skin to be a universalist. People in Christianity say how, like, it's like a cop-out. It's like this and that. It's the easy way out. It's like, nah, man. 
You haven't lived at Universalist. You get some shit from people, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I'm, I'm a uni- I'm an introvert. Sorry, so my loss wasn't as big as some other people's. Honestly, I don't know if I really <laughs> lost that many people in my life. Honestly, because of Universalism. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't. I've definitely on on my wife's side of the family. Like, I've definitely. Uh, I fucked some things. No, I wouldn't say I fucked them up, but <laughs> what I was saying is fucked some shit up. But in terms of personally, like, I'm not like, yeah, I, lost, I, I think I lost some friends. I can probably count on a, two hands that I lost some friends. But. but, I mean, if I if I were a more prolific writer, you know, yeah. more, <clears throat> more gregarious, yeah, I'm sure I uh, would have lost quite a few. Yeah, probably. But, you, I mean, you could definitely see the loss of <laughs> that people... Because you hear it all the time, man. Anyone who anyone who steps out of their box, man, mm-hmm. they get skewered. I've even heard stories of people who like became either they affirmed universalism or something close to that, like where their husband would like talk shit to them, like quote Jonathan Edwards to him. <laughs> like Jesus, and if you don't know Jonathan Edwards, just look him up. <laughs> but it's like, damn, your own spouse is like talking about how God's going <clears> to <throat> hang you over the pit of a fire and you're going to burn for all of eternity. And Let's so, have sex, baby. <laughs> right. Sorry, I'm not in the mood. Jeez. I'm so happy that, you know, Sperry and I are on the same page with, like, the important things. Yeah. <laughs> like politics and uh, religion. Yeah. Yeah. My wife and I are, are, like, our relationship's not based on that. I'll just say that. I think a lot of people's relationships are equally yoked and all that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, I mean, I, it would be equally yoked in regards to what, like, as long as it's what you're both, what's important to both of you. I mean, yeah. is it, if it's politics, fine, just be yoked to politics, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if the most important thing in yours and your spouse's life are different, that's harsh. Like it is pretty hard. If the important things are true, but but for for my wife and I, like the important things aren't necessarily what we believe. I, other than the real important things, love unconditionally. Let's be nonviolent. Let's raise our child nonviolently. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, you know all those things. Like in terms of Christology, soteriology, <laughs> eschatology, biblical exegesis. Even politics, like, yeah. I mean, not one of us isn't, like, blowing the Trump trombone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a bad maybe, way to put it. <laughs> maybe a little bit of difference, but, you know, but that's not your focus. No. Difference in the fact that, that she's a woman, I'm a man. Of course, we're going to have different, uh, different experiences, all that kind of shit. But, I mean, if she's, like, coming home in a MAGA hat, be like, <laughs> okay, I... Okay, if you're wearing that ironically, hilarious. <laughs> like, well, big ups. Well played. <laughs> well played. I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. <laughs> but if you're wearing it seriously, we're going to have a long night of talking. <laughs> and I'm a little weird. And, and yeah, I'm not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not giving it up to you tonight. <laughs> Tell you what. <laughs> you got some explaining to do. Woman. <laughs> oh man, I feel bad for the people who do lose a lot. Like I don't lose, I don't lose anything anymore, really, for saying what I'm going to say. But down that road, I'm on the other side of it. Like, you come onto my Facebook page, you know what you're going to get. If you don't like what you're going to get, fucking uh, go in peace and love and all that good shit. Like, there's the door, fucking. I lo- I love when people are like, I'm going to unfriend you. I'm like, I don't know why the fuck you just told me that. Like, I don't give a fuck. No, I mean, you've already paid your dues, like, you know. I feel like five books in, I've earned the right, bitches. Yes. You'll have your second book out, 420 of 2020. You excited? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We're almost done writing the second installment. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, we're going to, you want to be done by the end of November? We're going to be done by the end of November. I think I'm going to have a team of people give it a quick edit. It's not going to need much content edit because this conversation, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. typo shit, mm-hmm. you know. 
maybe maybe a content thing here and there. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see what people think about it. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll be good. I think we're going to do some nice stuff for people. We're going to put it out. Uh, we can tell people um, February February fuck April twentieth of twenty twenty. The uh, spring is going to come out. They're, these are all booklets, so they're short. I'm going to guess between forty and fifty pages. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not an essay, but it's not a book. So it's a booklet. It's right in the middle. <laughs> There's going to be four of them though. So you add them all together, and they're a book. And we're going to do them fucking on the cheap. Kindle, get them real cheap. But then the real thing you're going to want is 2021 in the summer when the whole thing comes out. Spring, summer, autumn, fall. Autumn, winter. And then you're going to get all four booklets in a box set. And that's the shit you're going to want. Yeah, that's it's going to be you're gonna want. It's gonna be like 500 bucks, but you're going to... No, it's not going to be that much. It might be 30. I have no idea. But for the uh, like, if you want the Kindle though, we're gonna do them. We're gonna do them cheap. So there's no reason to not buy it. It's gonna be good shit. And if you're a Patreon supporter, you're gonna get that shit for free. So sign up. Shit. And if you're mad that you we're universalists, stop listening. But because it's not gonna get any softer. It's not gonna get any better from here on out. <laughs> no, I do feel bad for those people who like. See, I never, I never had like a. A leadership role and then came out as a universalist like someone like rob bell hmm. or even keith like i know he wasn't a universalist when he was a pastor hmm. um probably even when he wrote his first book i'm, I'm guessing he wasn't a universalist okay. so he's got a lot of people in that world okay. that are right in that eternal torment like well or, then things are making more sense yeah yeah I, he was he was raised uh, southern baptist and I think that's even oh, when, wow. yeah, he was pastoring a Southern Baptist church, I oh, think, wow. when he first started. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, them Southern Baptists, they can be all over the map theologically, but a lot of them, like, jeez. As if Jesus was a, he's from South Carolina or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I hear some of these Southern Baptists talking, I'm like, what, do you think Jesus was from Georgia? Because <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, based on what you're saying, man, like, he was a white Southern American. And I don't know if I can get down on that. Yeah, I lost my white Jesus a little while ago. It would be pretty... It'd be pretty strange if Jesus was white. Being a Palestinian Jew. (laughs) I mean, you'd think they would have... I mean, some mention of an albino. Albino savior. Yeah. Yeah. Because they weren't white people. Nope. But you see some of those paintings of Jesus, man? <laughs> Shit looks like he's from Sweden. Not that there's any... Swedish people are beautiful. But... <laughs> but, jeez. <laughs> I doubt he looked... I doubt he looked Swedish. I'm just going to say. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he didn't look like he was from Stockholm. <laughs> uh, maybe, I mean, they captured the spirit. Like, they captured his beautiful soul. Yeah, you know, represented by a, a Swedish fellow. <laughs> yeah, he's a good-looking Swedish fellow, but I don't think he actually existed. <laughs> yeah, so I never lost. I never lost some of that, like like people like Keith did. I mean, I lost it personally. I had some shit when I was saying some stuff on Facebook or first getting published in blogs and. I know some people were taking snapshots of what I said and sending it to family and friends, <laughs> literally. But sometimes you just got to, I mean, yeah, I didn't do everything right, but sometimes you just got to say what you think. Like, if you think you got the truth and you want to tell people, mm-hmm. fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like for proselytizing all the time, but at the same time, like, if you think you got the truth, say it. I mean, chances are there's one or two people out there that you'll be helping push over the edge, you know, to your side? Or? I've gotten actual letters in the mail from atheists who said they were atheists, and not that there's nothing wrong if you're an atheist. I don't give a fuck. But people who weren't comfortable in their atheism, and then they read something I wrote, or they read a book or a blog or something, and then it helped. It, like, brought them back and realizing, like, My, I don't have... That's I, really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I got one person who sent... 
a letter, like a personal letter to my house. And was like, yeah, I was an atheist. I was angry. I was this and that. I was struggling existentially. And I read something you wrote. And now I just, I feel at peace. I feel mm-hmm. content. Like, sweet, man. That's great. That's what makes it all worth it. All the haters and detractors, yeah. like, yeah, they kick your ass a little bit. And I know Keith's feeling down a little bit right now because, you know, he literally lost some what he thought were friends because of a book he wrote. Put your heart and soul into a book and, you know, you've written a book, I've written books. It takes a lot of effort. You pour shit into there and, you know, you pour your life into it. And then people mm-hmm. are like, I can no longer, I was friends with you for 10 years or whatever. I can no longer even associate with you, talk to you because of what you wrote. Damn. I mean, I could say, well, then they weren't really your friends anyways, mm-hmm. but that doesn't help a whole lot. Well, it doesn't change the fact that you really believe that they were. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were exactly. for some time. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you, you, you know, you might have cared about this person or these people who say that. And then you realize it was all based on like-mindedness. I've had many instances of that. Where I had friends who, like, they found out... I had one friend... And this is, you know, kind of associated with universalism, but it, it can't. It, but specifically, it was more about what I viewed the Bible as and how I viewed the Bible. It was basically like my hermeneutical method. And someone who said, like, basically, cut off all relationship with me. And their final parting words were, "I'm praying for you, and I'm, you know, I hope you basically come back." Mm-hmm. Based on like. It had, it had nothing to do with how I raised my kid, how I treated my wife, how I dealt with the poorest among us, how I dealt with my friends. It had to do with how I interpreted the Bible. And that forced them to cut off relationships and have the final parting words of, I'm praying for you, which maybe once, maybe, maybe, maybe. And then, you know, but it doesn't... And then you realize, oh, was this ever a friend? Well, maybe not, but that doesn't change the hurt. So I get it. Right. I mean, whether, yeah, either you, he truly was a friend and you lost him or, you know, you realize that you never had a friend. I mean, right. same sort of hurt. I Both guess. suck. Both are a kick in the dick, man. It just hits you in the chest like, damn. And then you think back and like, oh, we've had dinner together. I've been over at your house. You've made me dinner. I've made you dinner. Our kids, when they were babies, like, hung out. And you're like, damn, man, really? I had a good friend. I I wouldn't say they're as close as you and I are, but that was, I had a level of friend like that. I'm not going to name names. But it was like, yeah, we, I mean, we rolled deep, like, 100%. I'm on, like, I got your, like, I got your back, no matter what. Even if I think you're wrong, I got your back. Like, I'll call you on your shit, but... Like, ride or die. <laughs> like, I got you. You're a friend. Just, like, basically walked away. Based on, I think, the way I felt toward my faith, my original upbringing, the fact that I had switched my view on who is saved, who is not saved, how I view this ancient text called the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wow, like, five, six, seven years of, this is my dude, like, gone and it's like I, the only thing uh, i can think of is based on the shit i'm saying about i mean was it was it pretty sudden did it happen like right after your first book was released no it kind of happened before that but yeah more after yeah. like like facebook progressively stuff. yeah facebook stuff yeah because yeah, i'll say shit on facebook that i wouldn't put in print even five years ago and i would never put it the way i did back then because there was some anger there was some anger. You feel betrayed. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I grew up believing this shit, and this really fucked with me. Like, I had horrible nightmares about Satan and hell and the rapture and missing it. Like, this really fucked me up, like, psychologically. Yeah. And so, yeah, when I realized, oh, y'all are just bullshitting. <laughs> like, you don't really even know. Like, it might never be true, but you act like you act with, you act like you've got such certain truth. And, you know, and then you do feel pissed off and, yeah, then you get over that and you don't talk the way you did five years ago. And so there's some of that, like, oh, Matt's just an angry motherfucker. But to me, like, Christianity, like, the dude who's really pissed about everything, 
you should go talk to him even more often, right? Right? Like, uh, this dude's yeah. way off base. He used to be a Christian, now he's not. Now he's really pissed off. Like, I thought you all were about saving people. Go save my ass. Especially, yeah, especially if you're an evangelical. I mean, that's your whole right. modus operandi, right? Right. That's, I mean, you're playing to their, <laughs> you're their crowd, like. Who better but to save than the angry guy who grew up in the church for 25 years what, and got pissed go off? you spend time on a stranger? Like, talk to this motherfucker really? who's really pissed off. And that that's where it was like, wait, y'all don't even believe this shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you really believe, like, I was the one who got deceived by Satan, led astray from the fold, backslid, fell, like, apostate, you should be knocking at my door every fucking day. And I don't care how... And that doesn't write me out. Like, I, it doesn't mean I could be a dick all my life. But isn't that the one you really want to talk to? Like, I would, yeah. be, the, I would be the least of these because I'm just like, fuck this shit. Even if they didn't get to you first. It's been how many years? Like, even at really, even after seven years, I, I haven't gotten a knock on my door? No. Like, I haven't gotten shit. <laughs> I haven't gotten a text from people. I've talked briefly to, like, two people who I was friends with, and w both were really confusing about whether they really wanted to hang out, and both, like, canceled. I talked to one dude who I was friends with, <laughs> and I was like, hey, I, I ran into uh, his wife, and I was like, hey, you know, if he ever wants to hang out, he was like, you've got my number. Oh, shit. Um, and I messaged him. I actually messaged him. Messaged him. I was like, hey. If you want to hang out, man, I'm here. Mm -hmm. We're going to get a drink. If you don't drink, coffee, whatever. He messaged me five weeks later. Five weeks. I was like, hey, I can hang out this Sunday. I was like, shit. That, that's, that Sunday's long and gone, man. Like, I can't do it this Sunday. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like, five weeks? You don't give a <laughs> fuck, man. Like, I'm pretty good about texting back, and I know some people aren't. But five weeks? It's like, <laughs> I ain't got time for that shit. I'm sorry, man. I hope you're doing well. Hope your kids are great. Hope you got a good job. Hope you're content. All that shit. Yeah. But I, I, I nobody got time for that. Don't give me the five week bullshit. I know. That's that's been. I've made that adjustment in my life. Um, those people that you wish you kind of had a deeper relationship with that you were that it worked out that you could spend more time together but you can't yeah like it kind of sucks to break ties with those people but and this is something you have to work on i guess but the amount of emotional effort that goes into or the emotional pain i guess yeah that you get from those types of relationships it's, it's just not worth it for me mm -hmm. anymore no, I feel um, you. Like, I, I do feel like I should be able to make time for, you know, any kind of relationship that you might want to have in life. You know, the ones that require a lot of time and the ones that don't. But apparently, you know, I, I have a cutoff. <laughs> and, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> and there's, I, honestly, I would just rather be by myself and watch YouTube. Yeah. I, I, I waver back and forth. It doesn't piss me off really anymore. It's just interesting to me. Like, I just always wonder, what are these folks' lives like? Like, people who were my best friend, like, 15 years ago. What's their life like right now? Like, I'm just curious. I try not to take it personally at all, though. But it would be cool if you could, if, like, they posted your life on YouTube and you could watch them? Like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> or just to even catch up over coffee, like, like even if they're going to be kind of dickish about something. Like, just for curiosity's sake. And maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, and I shouldn't be doing that. But, but just like, hey, yo, I mean, we've played, we've we've written songs together, we played worship together, we wrote albums together. Like, like it's it's maybe it's selfish because I look back on some friends who I recorded albums together, wrote songs together, wrote music together, traveled around California and played shows together, who don't talk to me anymore. And then if I want to, like, if I ever wanted to listen back to some of those songs, I'd probably never be like, oh, it's the best song of all time. But I'd want to appreciate it for what it was and listen to it without, 
Maybe that's selfish. Listen to it without feeling a little bit of bitter <laughs> bitterness. I mean, like, just if I could have some closure, like, what, what, what really happened, man? Like, we loved each other, like, literally, like, like, ride or die, hang out all the time. If I'm not with my wife, I'm with you. Well, and, and then it's like, like, what happened, man? What happened? But I, I have to think, honestly, that it, it will happen eventually. Eventually. You guys will be reconciled, and yeah. it will be ever so, you know, more sweet when it happens. Maybe. So. I, I, yeah. If universalism is true, sure. I imagine sitting across the table from my dad and being like, yo, this is how I imagine, like, heaven. Like, <laughs> the first minute of heaven. And this is this is an analogy, of course, right? Because we can only talk in an analogy. Like, when you first walk into heaven, everyone's there. Like, the people you fucked over, the people who fucked over you. And instead of this podcast, we're sitting at a table. There's, like, some bread. There's some food. Some wine. Mm-hmm. And my dad's just sitting there. <laughs> like, we just sit there. All right, y'all are just sitting there until you talk this shit out. And it might take a little bit. You might just sit there, like, drinking your wine, like, just staring at him, like, motherfucker, this motherfucker. <laughs> but you sit there until you're like, yeah. yo, what happened? And then flesh that conversation out. Well, you did this. Well, you did this. All right, well, okay. I can see that. Well, I didn't mean that. Okay, well, what'd you mean? All right, let's talk about that. Yeah, maybe it won't happen exactly like that, like, no, of course right not. And you, right when you get to heaven, but, I mean, the point is... The point, yeah. It's going to happen eventually. It's an analogy. Yeah. 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 You could write a great parable about something like that. Maybe, maybe we should do this. A creative writing project. You write a parable about the, minute, the first minute in heaven. <laughs> and, the, and, be, and before heaven even starts, y'all just sit at a table. It's like a, it's like a speed dating. You sit there with the motherfucker who pissed you off and fucked you up, and they fucked, you know, all this shit. And you just go table to table to table to table. And you just work your shit out. You sit there until you work it out. No matter how grotesque you treated each other, no matter how how horrible it was. And when everyone's reconciled, that's when heaven starts. (laughs) I'm not saying that's how it literally goes down. But you see the point, right? If the table includes everyone... Well, I think... Can you, you can't really call it heaven without, you know, all reconciliation taking place. There you go. That that wouldn't be my definition of heaven. There you go. That's the power of being a universalist. <laughs> Isn't that truly what heaven would be like? Is everyone reconciled to each other, to God, to one another? Everything's been forgiven. Everything's been not cheap forgiveness, but real repentance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did some horrific shit to you, and I'm truly sorry. And now I'm gonna we're gonna mend this relationship, and what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. You need something, I got you. I fucked up horribly. Isn't that heaven? When everyone does that, mm-hmm. could, what could be more heavenly than that? Yeah, I mean, and I I would emphasize the yeah it's. It's not going to happen until that happens. Right. So Exactly. But that's the beauty of reconciliatory justice or reconciling justice, not retributive justice. There's a point to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it brings out the best possible good. It's, not e- it's actually harder. This is what I get pissed about. People who are like, oh, universalism's cheap. It just... No, with universalism, you can't give up. It's, You're like, no. It's not done until it's done. That's right. <laughs> Univers- from someone who hated my dad for as long as I did, like, I was, like, pissed about it. And rightfully so. Like, dude, dude left me and blamed me. I'm just a fucking kid. And I got a bad attitude. You left? Really? As a, as a father, I don't give a shit how bad my daughter's attitude is. Yeah, it's going to hurt me and annoy me. But I'm not about to be like, peace out, bitch. <laughs> Like, like, I don't even get that. Realizing, like, that's the most beautiful thing, is reconciliation. And, and on the, like, it's not because I want retribution. It's not, I don't want to rake him over the coals. I don't want to beat him up for that shit. Oh, you fucked me up for ten years? Okay, reconciliation happens after ten years, bitch, of you hating me. Of you hate you know, none of that. No, I'm not saying that. Universalism is hard. 
It makes you look in the face of the oppressor and the oppressed and saying, this hurt me. And for the oppressor to be like, yeah, I can see how that happened. And I'm really, really sorry. I'm truly, truly, truly sorry. And I totally change how I view things. Whether that's dads who are shitty, physical abusers, spousal abusers, racists, like all that shit. Like, isn't that the most beautiful? I mean, mm-hmm. people always use the Hitler argument against universalists. <laughs> what about the Hitler argument who says Hitler totally repents? <laughs> totally changes his mind on Jewish people and then and then lives his existence to serve his Jewish neighbors mm-hmm. who are in heaven with him be like isn't that more beautiful yes. isn't it i mean can you can you like yeah i suppose you could understand them if they didn't but can you imagine the jewish people not just totally accept accepting hitler like even if it took a minute and then you saw, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like this dude, seriously, like, and then you almost, it almost becomes, like, pity for the people who oppressed you. You're almost like, yeah, I feel bad for how you were. Like, that was, Jesus. But you're just, you're, you're just continuing to enslave yourself. By right. Now. You are so ridiculously enslaved and horrible, like, you know. Which, I mean, yeah, I have, yeah, nothing but, but pity, like. I mean, part of me wants to say, well, Hitler really hurt you. Right, totally. Um, to the point where you're not ready to forgive him, and I don't even kind of blame you for it. Like, not well, at I all. Didn't, I didn't realize how deep the hurt was. Not at all. But, but eventually you got to realize that you're not, you're not hitting hurt Hitler <laughs> anymore because of your hate. You're just hurting yourself. Right. That that's what it took for me. Like, that's where it comes to forgiveness is about you, mm-hmm. the forgiver. You forgive others for yourself first, so you can get over the the hate and the pain, and then hopefully that forgiveness changes the person's mind, and you realize that you're being merciful. And yeah, I fucked up. Yeah. That's uh, forgiveness is always different than reconciliation. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I get. Even as a universalist, I get. I get the fact that Jesus was forgiving towards all and that still people rejected him. I'm just saying after... If you see th- things for truly what they are, you have enough time to do so, you're going to come around. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't let anything off the hook. Universalism doesn't let Hitler off the hook. It actually forces Hitler to realize the the pain and and to see it for truly what it is and how horrible it was and for have that change him. That's all. Hitler doesn't get off the hook. Don't if you're if you're not a universalist, I'll say this and you use the Hitler argument, that's some bullshit. Cuz no one is sitting here saying no universalist is saying someone's off the hook. No, they truly have to see it for what it is. I think eternal torment or even annihilation gets them off the hook. Because then you get annihilated, you don't have to reconcile. You don't have to admit your pain to the person who you pained. That gets them off the hook. Right, I mean, and obviously the same story with, you know, the people that have to endure hell. I mean, yeah, you don't have to worry about them anymore. You don't have to forgive them anymore. Nope. Yeah, what about the people who are in hell who you have wronged, who are in heaven? And some <laughs> And you never have to ask for forgiveness from them because well at least they were done away with. Like you you let's say you're the priest in heaven because you gave your heart to Jesus, but you molested some dude who in hell who because you did it in the name of Jesus, rejected Jesus and went to hell. Do you never have to reconcile to them who are in hell? Oh, isn't that convenient? Right, and you're going to say that people aren't, there's no such thing as being vic- victims of circumstance? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to like slide into racism or anything like that, but how is it that that priest got into be in his position? Did he choose to be in his position? No, of course he didn't. No. 
Did it, yeah, did the person who's uh, you know starving in Africa? Sorry to use that uh, analogy, but um, it, of course he didn't choose to be there. Um, no, 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 no. Oh shit! The libertarian free will argument for hell. That's some bullshit. <laughs> I heard David Bentley Hart uh, talking about um, some sort of parable, and I hope I can remember it correctly because I just heard it today, and I think it's brilliant. He he referenced some sort of story where the like there's there's a nation who their justice system. If you got convicted of something, they put you in an arena where you have to pick between two doors and you don't you don't know what's behind the door. In door one is you marry this beautiful person, whether you're married or not, whether you're single or not. So it could be positive, it could be negative, whatever. But it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And the right door is a hungry tiger. Okay, that's terrible. <laughs> you're going to get eaten. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is there's a princess of the nation and her fiancé or something gets caught in adultery. Or gets caught doing some shit. But the princess knows which door is which, and she signals which door to pick. And the guy in the arena, the the story ends with you not knowing which door he picked or which door she was pointing him toward. (laughs) Right? Okay. And, And the point being is that, is freedom simply the choice between two things, or is true freedom knowing which is the only thing I need to pick, regardless of what I think about this other situation. So, is true freedom in picking A and B, or is true freedom in picking only that which is good and not that that which is, let's say, Christianese, sinful? True freedom is knowing exactly what to pick and only picking that thing. That's good. Right? There you go. Isn't that brilliant? Uh I think that blows apart the, uh, well, what about free choice? Well, you've conflated free and choice. Freedom mm. is not having a bunch of choices. <clears throat> Freedom is only picking that which is the good, the godly, the free, the because of how we're created. That's what helps me more is uh, confla- conflating free and choice. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you can understand that there's a difference between freedom and choice, mm-hmm. then then we can talk, I think. The free will defense for hell is, it's nonsense to me. Well, you can freely choose hell. No, you can't. No, you cannot. You can freely choose God or love or heaven. You cannot freely choose hell. You can choose hell, but that is proof that it's not free. You can choose the tiger. Mm-hmm. But if you have all the information and you still choose the tiger, there's something other than freedom at work here. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna even be it, disemboweled. Even if it was if it wasn't an outside source that was influencing you, you're like fucking insane and you need a psychiatrist. <laughs> you need like, a, you need some deep psychological work <laughs> that is above my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I love that analogy, like what would the free choice be between Let's say you're a single person and that let's take out coercion and like marrying someone against their, <laughs> their will, but choosing to marry a beautiful person and choosing to marry a tiger or to, to open the door to a tiger and have it rip you out, like embowed and disembowel you. That's not the freedom is not found in picking one or the other. Freedom is found in picking the being obviously able, good choice. Being able to choose the right choice. Right. Yeah. 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 If you choose the tiger to disembowel you, it begs the question, are you free? Or it raises the question, are you free? Right. Maybe the, the, the language would be, you know, slavery and slavery and freedom. Not, right. Not not choice and freedom. Right. Um, yeah. Only the enslaved chooses hell. Right. I mean, you're, yeah, you're blinded by some, you're, uh, you were traumatized. You're you're otherwise coerced. You're otherwise, yeah. You haven't been liberated. You haven't, um, seen things for what they truly are. You're still, an alcoholic or a pothead. <laughs> I think you can be a pothead and still be free. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to go on the record. 
<clears throat> Are you trying to shame potheads, you motherfucker? Are you free to not choose pot? Sure. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If the Lord above would free me of my refractory celiac disease. <laughs> and yeah. if he took away how just amazing it tasted. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, are you, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> are you free to not have a glass of wine? Well, yeah. Doesn't mean I shouldn't. I enjoy wine. Right. <laughs> I enjoy the vodka and, and LaCroix. I enjoy cannabis. I do. Tobacco. Whatever. Pizza. Yes. Yeah. Everything that was created by the good Lord is good. Yeah, you could twist everything into something bad, but it doesn't mean that itself is bad. Sex ain't bad, yeah. but you can manipulate sex in such a way that it's not a great thing. It's the it's the enslavement that's the problem. That's right. Sex is fine, but if you're enslaved to sex, yeah, of course right. it's bad. Of course it is. It's like if you're enslaved to everything. In the end, you'll be saved, so don't worry about it. Fuck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just so kidding. Much, this whole podcast didn't matter at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, can people realize that if something doesn't have eternal consequences, it still matters? <laughs> can someone realize? Can we? Can we admit that? Can we admit that if we take away hell, it still matters? Can we just please fucking admit that? Like, even if I were only going to get run over a car by like, like five times, it like, still matters. I would still rather. I would rather be saved from getting hit by a car five times than. <laughs> yeah, even if you knew it was gonna end. Can we just can we put that argument aside? Let's get let's let's give the five arguments against universalism that we can put aside. And then I got to take a piss, and we got to stop. Okay. <laughs> if there aren't eternal consequences, things still matter. Meaning, if there isn't hell, it still matters what we do. Justice still matters. Love still matters. All these things still matter. Relationships still matter. That's one stupid argument to get away. Do you, do you have one against universalism that's stupid that you just want to say don't use? Oh, well, then, like, then the rest of, then my previous life, all the effort that I put into it, it doesn't matter matter anymore. Which, yeah, sorry, that effort that you put into it doesn't matter. But that's obviously no reason not to, you know, face in the right direction now. There you go. Like... If you don't, that's still insanity. Like, I'm sorry that you spent your previous life like that, but, you know, the present matter is the only thing that matters. Right now, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I will say that if there's no hell, that following Jesus still matters, <laughs> if you want to do that. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to yeah. be some grand... What do you, what do you, how do you put it in our first book? It doesn't have to be a um, a game of the highest stakes in order for... Oh, right. A high stakes game like in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. 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 It can still be important. It can still be worth it. Right. Like, even if it doesn't matter, ultimately, it still matters quite a bit. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would save my daughter from being hit from a car or by a car. Even if I knew that after she got hit by a car, she was going to be at peace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I don't have to save someone from eternal torment to save them from a thing that's not great. I'm going to shove her out of the way. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I could still say the Bible matters, even if you're a universalist. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to say like you don't care about the Bible or Christianity. So for my Christian or patristic right. universalist friends out there, which I no longer classify myself as. <laughs> Like, they yeah. still matter. Their argument still matters. You still have to talk to them and wrestle with them. Because chances are they actually know more about it than you. They're not... Yeah. I mean, they're not totally stupid questions. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and you're going to have to encounter them and deal with them somewhere along your spiritual journey. So if you're going to do that in the Bible, you might as well do that, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's four. That's good enough. <laughs> yes. That's fine. 
If you got more, hit us up, join our Facebook group, look up the bonfire sessions, extend the conversation, and support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash the bonfire sessions. Subscribe and fucking give us give us a review. We're stuck at thirteen. Can someone be our fourteenth for the love of everything that's holy and pure? <laughs> All right, we'll see you on episode thirty. Next one's gonna be a milestone. Maybe we'll uh, open shit up to some Q and A. Oh, for real? you want to do that? Not not in real time, but we'll ask. Uh, oh, then we'll for do sure. this. Yeah. yeah, then for sure. So in our <laughs> Facebook group, I'm gonna ask between episode 29, this one, and the 30th, I'm gonna ask some Q and A questions. Give us at least five, ten if if better. Join that Facebook group. Ask us, and we will answer them live on the podcast. So whatever it is, we will actually prepare for this shit and answer them. And as always, don't be a dick. And if you are, just be a micro dick. Be a micro dick. And also, don't be a cunt. Be a beautiful, beautiful pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out. Thank you.